0: Come to think of it, I've never actually trademarked the phrase, best sport, worst league. I came up with it a few years ago, and it really caught on on Twitter, and I'll get credit for it for the most part, but there's there's no money coming in from it. So last night, I instead tweeted out, best sport, worst league, by far the worst commissioner. And I kind of like that one. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Golden Knights 5, Oilers 1 in the only Stanley Cup playoff game last night in Edmonton, Alberta. Vegas takes a 2-1 series lead in that event but the far bigger story in hockey infinitely bigger story was the nhl's draft lottery which the blackhawks of all teams won the penguins were 14th and for those of you who don't track this stuff all that closely and i sure wouldn't blame you even if the penguins had won the lottery the maximum spots you can move up is 10 so they would have ended up with the number four overall pick which i'm sure they would have welcomed But, you know, (laughs) they had like a 1.3% chance of even doing that. The Blackhawks, as it turns out, get rewarded, in essence, for covering up serial child rape. I learned a long time ago, by the way, not to borrow euphemisms for this sort of heinous act. I don't come up with, you know, uh, assault or whatever. I mean, there's no good word for something that awful and no one should try to apply any. It's serial child rape that because the Blackhawks were aware of the history of one of their employees, eventually became aware of serial child rape and didn't do anything about it. They ended up being fined. $2 $2 million. Now you can think, well, okay, me and you get fined $2 million. That's a pretty stiff punishment. It's nothing for a franchise. When the Coyotes ticked off Gary Bettman with some scouting combine violations, they were docked draft picks. That hurts. That stings. That hits in a spot that there's no way to circumvent it. There's no way to tap dance around it. When the Devils broke some salary cap rules, they were fined $3 million. So I'd put that down as the the second highest tier. And again, nowhere near the draft picks. Then this happens in Chicago. And if anyone doubts as to whether or not Bettman thought the individual parties were guilty, well, Joel Quenville Stan Bowman and others involved in the Chicago front office at the time were thrown out of the league and still are not back in the league. But institutionally, nothing was done to the Blackhawks other than the $2 million fine. For what the commissioner would only have to perceive as being a lesser violation than, you know, doing different things with a scouting combine or 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 the devil's messing with the cap. This was seen as lower than that by this commissioner, and his arrogance will never allow him to come close to. Admitting even that he'd had a difficult time with the decision or anything, he will snap back. That's how he responds. Believe me, I've asked many questions of Bettman in press conference settings, and I'll get the same sarcastic reply that everyone else will. Anytime he's questioned, you'll get the literal side eye from him. How dare you ask me a question? How dare you ask me a question that questions my authority here. This is going to sound like I'm sidetracking, but the root of this, and you know how I prefer to get to the root of an issue as opposed to, you know, getting into all the symptoms and after effects, is that this commissioner has become so drunken with power, is so, what's the word I'm looking for here? He is treated by people in the league office as if he is literal royalty. I have seen with my own eyes these people running in front of him to open doors for him. I've seen them running to the back of the limousine to open the doors and make sure that he's everything is golden. All that's missing is someone flicking rose petals at his shoes on his way into a building. It's stomach turning almost as stomach-turning as a ruling like this, because now what ends up happening is that the Blackhawks get rewarded for this. How, you say? Well, if they had been docked draft picks, guess which pick would have been the first one to be docked? That's right. It would have been the first-rounder. And if the Blackhawks didn't have a first-rounder, the Blackhawks couldn't win the lottery. It would have been... I don't want to say fitting punishment, because it doesn't fit the crime, but it would have been a lot more than asking a billionaire owner to pay a couple million dollars to make the thing go away. The owners, of course, being the Wurtz family. And they want out. Why? Batman doesn't like to punish owners. Why? Because they employ him. Why do they employ him? Because he got them their salary cap system, and he's made them even richer. And in turn, they've made him even richer, and they've made him feel like a king. Rose petals and all. While Kyle Beach, the young man who was assaulted, raped by someone in the Blackhawks' employ with the Blackhawks aware of it. He's told, again, in essence, all over again, that what happened to him doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Hawks get their guy. They get Connor Bedard. They get their next Patrick Kane. And this commissioner won't feel even the slightest bit responsible for any of it, nor will he have the slightest sense of having to explain it. That's just who he is, and that's just who this league is run by, and that won't change until he is gone. When we come back, J1Q... J1Q comes from SB who asks, while being a GM with any team is sought after, my question, DK, is why would Kyle Dubas want the Penguins' job? This team is old, it's strapped to contracts, there's no prospects, and it has an abysmal looking future. The Leafs' GM will be in demand. I get that. I just think he'll be a hard sell. To your first point, I'm glad you addressed this yourself, SB, before I even got into it because I have a reflexive response anytime somebody asks, why do they want this job? Well, because there's only 32 of them on the planet. That's why. But for the Penguins in particular, the one thing that they offer that's the most attractive to someone like Dubis is that the Fenway Sports Group can and has already publicly stated and will set up a powerful GM position for the right situation. That counts. That matters. When Dave Beeston said that at that press conference, he's the FSG executive vice president who was in after the firings of Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, and Chris Pryor. When he said, we haven't decided yet whether we'll go with a a straight GM alignment or whether we'll have a GM and someone over their head, that's message sending, I believe. That's putting it out there that if you're really, really good at this and you can be trusted, you don't want somebody second-guessing everything that you do, Pittsburgh is for you. Well, by every account out of Toronto, Dubas has had micromanaging way, way, way beyond his comfort level. Otherwise, nobody would even be talking about him possibly leaving to go somewhere else. That's the presumed level of dissatisfaction that he has with that. So when someone says, well, look, the Islanders need a GM. Okay. What are you going to do? Go work for Lou? Lou Lamorello is the most micromanaging executive in hockey history. It'd be the last thing that you'd do. So when you say he'd have any number of opportunities, name them. There aren't that many current vacancies at that level. If Dubas wants out, of Toronto, and he wants out into a situation where you know you have ownership backing, where you know your team isn't going to stink right out of the chute, which the Penguins absolutely won't, and where you know that you've got a chance to build something with uh, an accepted level of patience from the public. And that's also a part of what will happen here in Pittsburgh, because no one's going to look at the Penguins uh, post-Sid or even late in Sid's career and say, why aren't we winning Stanley Cup still? And that'd be crazy. I think he'd have a chance to come in and do something that could be pretty good in short order. I keep saying this, and actually it, it goes back months And it was mostly related to Hextall, which is that this team only needed the easiest possible things to acquire. Which was a backup goaltender, which was like one fast defenseman, and which were three or four pluggers for the third and fourth forward lines. That was it. That was it. Anybody could have done this. Anybody but not the GM who was just going to look at the back of Mikhail Granlund's hockey card and say, hey, look, man, he had 72 points a couple seasons ago. I like this guy. Let's give him all the money and throw in a second-round pick and make sure we have him for two more years after this. Anybody could have done this job. Anybody. So if you're Dubas, you can look at that a couple different ways, you know? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone... Who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins will do another one of these tomorrow. At which point, by the way, Dubas's Leafs might be completely done with everything and he'll become a free agent and it'll be Leafs Elimination Day and everything will be merry.